about make war. And uh, I want to start out with a scripture found in Genesis chapter 1. I, was, I, I thought, Lord, this is a little, uh, as, as he put it in my heart, it's kind of a, uh, a, not talking about war necessarily. And, and then uh, it, it began to make sense uh, as, as I began to study and as he began to lead me uh, further in this, in this whole uh, series that I am preparing for you. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to begin with verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them. Thank God we're the blessed. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God had a, he had a vision, a dream for our life when he created us. That vision, that dream was to, to take charge of this earth, to, to, first of all, he says, be fruitful. He wants us to be productive. It's okay to be producing out of your life. a matter of fact, you're very unfulfilled if you're not producing. God called us to be fruitful. And I'm not talking about just having and making babies. I'm talking about being productive and in, in accomplishing things and advancing the kingdom of God. God has made us to be produ- uh, producing out of our lives. So he says, be fruitful and multiply. Then he went on to say, not only be fruitful and multiply, but he says, fill the earth and subdue it. He wants us to be influencers. He wants us to influence everywhere we go. He wants us to be influencing people's lives. People ought to be making decisions because of our influence in their life. They ought to be making good decisions because of our good influence in their lives. Amen? We're all influencers. We're all influencing people. People are making decisions based on our influence in their lives. I'm telling you, it's happening. Uh, your children are, your families, uh, co-workers, different people around you are making uh, decisions based on your influence. So that's, that's because God designed it that way. He wants us to influence people, but influence it for his glory, for his purpose. And so he says, subdue the earth. He wants us to have influence. Then he says, he said something interesting. He says, have dominion. He wants us to have leadership, not only influence, but leadership here on this earth. He wants us, his people, God's people, to rule this earth. He does. Now, here's the problem. That when Adam fell and Eve fell... All of that authority, all of that uh, ability that God had placed on man was turned over to the enemy, was turned over to the devil. And then when Jesus came back, it was taken back from the devil and given back to those that are God's people. So it is back in our possession. Many people don't realize it. And we need, and where I came up with this name, Make War, is that we need to stand our ground and make war and quit allowing the devil to run over us. He is too often having dominion over us rather than us over him. There's too much that we're tolerating in our life where we ought to be making war and saying, "Uh uh-uh, enough is enough, we are standing our ground, get behind me, Satan. And so this whole series is all about taking our rightful place in Christ, knowing who we are in Christ and the authority that we have in him and start operating in it and taking back what is rightfully ours. Therefore, I entitled today's message, 
pursue, overtake, and recover all. That is a biblical term. Uh, David, King David, he and his warriors were out one time, one day, and uh, they had uh, been warring and, and uh, having great success. And when they had got home to their hometown called Zig- Ziglag, uh, that their whole town was burned up. All the people, all the children, all the people that were remaining were taken captive. And uh, when, when they got home and they saw that, even, uh, it, it burdened them so much, it grieved them so much, that even his own men wanted to stone David. He, he, he was once a hero and then he turned into a zero. And they just wanted to take him out. And so David went before the Lord and said, Lord, what do I do about this? Should I go after him? What should I do? And I want to give you the response that God gave to David that I believe that he's telling us now that the devil is stolen enough from us. It's time to make war. Let's go pursue, overtake, and recover all. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 8 says, David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And I'm here to tell you that God is saying, you have an enemy that is stolen from you. Don't tolerate it. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Whether it's your health, your family, your finances, or whatever it may be, God says we have dominion here on this earth. Take your rightful place. Go get it. Kick some butt and get it back. Amen? We're not playing church here. This is life. God called us to be victorious here on this earth, and he wants us to go do what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth, and let's be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And so, so I just want to share, I just want to share a thought as a kind of a basis for where we're going today, and it's this, if you're taking notes, following along with the notes that are provided in the, in the worship guide, here's the first statement. We have the position. We have been positioned in Christ. We have the position to make war and win every time. That when we do make war, when we go against the enemy, when we go against the devil, that he will lose. That he is a loser. He's already lost. Jesus has already overcame him. Amen? And we're we're going to discover that we are positioned to make war and to win every time. Okay, I, enough. We ought to just go do this. Yeah. Enough said. We got enough word to just do it. Yeah. Amen? But I tell you, that David was an outstanding guy. There, even from a young age, he was killing lions and bears, and, and he was just doing it. And, and, and the thing is, is that he knew who he was. He knew his position. He knew it. There was a time when his daddy says, listen, your, your brother's out there warring. There was a part of the uh, Israelite army. And, and I, want, I want you to go take them some food and go check up on them. Make sure they're doing okay. Here he is as a teenager around probably 17 years old. He sends him out and he says, go take him food. David gets there and, uh, and here's these guys, you know, they're, they're out there suited for battle. And, and then there's this old giant kind of guy that would stick his ugly old head out and 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 everybody would run with fear the bible said they would run with fear and they would hide because of this giant and i love the response of david 
I love his response. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would come against the armies of the living God? He knew his position in God. He knew that he was a covenant uh, person in God. And he says, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, he has no covenant with God. Circumcision, it declared that that you were in covenant with God. And he says, who is this guy? He doesn't even have a position. He's not even positioned to win, yet he's winning over us. And I'm here to tell you, the devil has no position to win over you. Any of you. Any of us. And yet he's still defeating us in areas of our life. We're still losing in areas of our life. And I believe it's because we don't know our position. We don't realize that we're positioned to win. We're positioned to pursue, overtake, and recover all that God has already given to us in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? I felt like the Lord told me, you don't realize the impact that this series is going to make when you first got it in your heart. And as I was was praying about it, as I was preparing for it, as I was studying for it, I just felt like the Lord said, this is more important than you realize. And guys, if you'll get hold of this, if you'll get hold of your authority as a believer and start operating in that authority, start operating in that, that rightful authority that you have in Jesus Christ, you will be unstoppable. That you'll accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You'll, you'll achieve the, the things for the kingdom of God that need to be achieved, God wants to achieve. That you're not going to be held back, but you're going to be propelled forward because of who you are in Him. So that brings me the first thought that I want to share with you this morning. In talking about the believer's position, number one, our position and the reason why we can pursue, overtake, and over, uh, over, uh, uh, pursue, overtake, and recover all is because that we're in Christ. Understand this: before you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you're in Adam. Adam was defeated. Adam was he was he was cursed. He was, uh, he, was, he was a loser until, until Jesus came on the scene. That's where we all were. And then he, he, he took all of our sin upon himself. The Bible says that he, he was made sin for us, that we might be made righteous in him. He, he willfully took on our sin, our sickness, our disease, our shame, our, uh, every curse that uh, was ever known to man was placed on Jesus, and he took it all upon us, upon him, so that we could have all of him on us. So that we could be as righteous before him as if we've never sinned in our entire life, even though we blow it from time to time. But in his eyes, we're righteous when we receive Jesus Christ. We may fall, we may falter, we may do pieces of stupid, but because of Jesus Christ, we can say, Lord, I repent of that. And he's there and he's saying, you know what? No problem. We're in Christ. We're no longer in Adam. Too often, too many times, we still see ourselves in Adam. We still see ourselves as losers. 
We still see ourselves as defeated. We still see ourselves as being less than what God intended and said we are. We're like Gideon. Gideon saw himself as a, he saw his, himself as a nobody in his family or nobody here on this earth. And God called him a mighty man of valor. God says, you are mighty. I see something that you don't see. And too often, because we're looking through the lenses of, of, of Adam rather than the lenses of Christ, we see ourselves as defeated. Therefore, we're, we don't feel like we can pursue, overtake, and recover all that God has given to us and that is rightfully ours. That's good preaching. I tell you, I was defeated before I came to Christ. I was defeated. I, I remember, as, I remember as, a, as an adult just crying, crying because I, I, was, I was an alcoholic. I was, uh, uh, you know, doing drugs. I, I uh, you know, uh, addicted to uh, cigarettes and, and just all the things that was just tearing me up and defeating me and that was, that was going to cut my life short. I remember crying as an adult because I could not, I could not get loose of, of that alcohol. But after, Jesus came into my life. And he gave me a brand new heart. Not only did I learn how to love, not only did he give me a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that is unspeakable, but he also gave me the ability and the authority to get set free. Because no longer am I in Adam, but I am in Christ. I am no longer in a place or a position of defeat. I'm in a position to win. I'm in a position to overcome. And every one of us have been positioned to overcome in Christ. Every one of us, without exception, I don't care how introverted or extroverted you may be, no matter how many blunders you've made in your past, how many sins you've done in your past, if you are in Christ, you have the ability to over you have the ability to pursue, overtake, and recover all. And thank God, thank God, thank God, I took my place, my rightful place and, and position in Christ, and I got set free from all of that stuff in Jesus' name. God radically set me free. So I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. First of all, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. This is our promise. This is who we are in Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Not going to, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessings. Everything that we have need of in our life, has been, we've been blessed with. Unfortunately, we've been stolen from. Because the thief has come in and stolen. He's come in and some of you, oh boy, let's, let's, just, let's just wage some war right now. Let's make some war right now against the devil. I tell you what, he has stolen some, he's stolen some things. I, I saw it earlier this morning. He's stolen some things in you. Some of you are struggling inside with so many insecurities because the enemy has stolen, he's stolen your image. He's an he's a identity theft, theft or a thief. He's an identity thief. He's, he's stolen your identity. And you gotta, you got to know who you are. That you are no longer in Adam. That you're in Christ. I'm righteous. 
I'm no longer unrighteous. Amen? And some of you struggle day by day. You just struggle. You struggle inwardly where nobody can see the battle that you're waging. But you have this battle that you continually lose. And you're struggling and you need to say no more. Enough is enough is enough. I am positioned to win. I am right. I am good. I am who God says I am. Amen? Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 through 15. It says, Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses. Thank God he's forgiven us of all our wrongs. Every one of them. Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that, were, that was against us, which was con- con- contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, and had made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus has already defeated them, and if he defeated them because we're in Christ, then he's defeated in our life. The devil is defeated in our life. Because whatever Jesus did, he did for us, and if we're in him, then it's done for us. So, the believer's position, first of all, we're in Christ. Secondly, I just want to say this, we're seated with Christ. And we're seated in a position of authority. We've been seated in a position of authority where, uh, uh, where Christ is. And I want you to see this out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in, our, in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Notice here that we are seated together in heavenly places with Christ. Positionally, we're in heavenly places with Christ. And, that's a, and by the way, Christ is at the right hand of God. That's a place of authority. And our position in Christ, our position in Christ gives us authority over every, every demonic thing that's here on this earth. We have, we have authority. And we're going to talk about authority in, the, in, in one of the future messages. Next week we have a guest speaker that's going to come, and he's one. He's going to be speaking at Radiant, and then he's going to speak here, and so he's going to kind of take his take on on wage war, and we'll see what comes out. If you've ever heard of Billy Duguid, uh, I I encourage you. Don't miss. I encourage you. Make sure you have as many people as you can possibly have here next week. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be good. Just I just warn you, it's going to be good. And. Uh, and so, uh, but I will be back, I'll be speaking the following week, and I'll probably be talking on authority then. But I, I want you to know, I, I want to introduce it today, that you are seated in a place of authority. You know, the, uh, sickness, disease, all these different things are not of God. Uh, last Wednesday, I mean, 
I got attacked. And too often when attacks come, we embrace it instead of uh, waging war against it. But last Wednesday, I got attacked. And I tell you, God, I, I mean, it was just like everything came uh, on me. Like it was uh, full-blown, uh, cold, uh uh, I don't know what it was, but it's just like, man, my nose started running, and I mean, it was constant blowing, it, and it's just like, and I, you know what I did? I waged war. I said, no, this is not going to happen. I am the healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I am the healed. I'm the healed in Christ, and sickness is trying to come on a healed person, and it, I ain't having it. And I just stood my ground. I said, in the name of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I resist you. I submit myself unto God. Therefore, I resist the devil. And you have to flee in Jesus' mighty name. And I'm here to tell you, by the end of the day, it was gone. It was gone. And I waged war against it. I didn't embrace it. Well, you know what? It's just going around. I don't care. It can keep on going around. Right around me. Somewhere else. But it ain't stopping here in Jesus' name. And there's some things I got to handle on. There's things that I still got to wage some war on and get some victory on. And I'm getting more revelation on. And I am, not, I am refusing to accept anything that is not of God in my life. I refuse it. I'm waging war against it. No, you're not. You're not taking my peace. You're not taking my joy. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my family. You are not taking my family. You are not taking our church. You're not taking our city. You're not taking our world. We're waging war. You are not taking it. We're seated in a place of authority. It is no. You are not doing this. And so we gotta, we've got to wage some more and quit embracing and accepting everything that the devil throws our way. And he's going to. He's on mission. He's got an assignment. Kill, steal, and destroy. We know what he's out to do. And whenever you start seeing those things, you just wage war. You say, no, I'm going to pursue, overtake, and recover all. That's my health. You are not touching my health. Devil, I am pursuing, overtaking, and recovering my health in Jesus' mighty name. Because I am seated in heavenly places. I am in a place of authority. I have authority now in Jesus Christ. In Adam, I lost my authority, but back in Jesus Christ, I have authority. I'm seated at the right hand of God. All heaven is behind me. Amen? Okay, I'm a little excited here. The believer's position. Let me give you the third thing that's very important that we understand. We're the family of Christ. Not only are we in Christ, not only are we seated with Christ, but we're his family, brother. We're his family. You you don't mess with family. You don't mess with family. Here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, it says, For for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in, in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We have a Father in all heaven behind us. We are part of the heavenly family, the, the, the family of God. And, and the illustration that I thought about when I thought about this is that, and if you've been around here, you heard this a few years back, several years back now, uh, I, we had a youth pastor that uh, was on, on our team, and uh, we were in the office, and there was a guy that came in, and, and every, every week, every week we get phone calls, uh, and, and people wanting, uh, you know, just looking for money. Typically, it's money. They want money for this, and they give you all kinds of different stories. And, and it's just a, it's a weekly thing that happens. It, it does for all churches. It just happens. And, uh, and so we, we have policies and procedures, and, and so we just don't give money out. We just don't do that. And so there was a guy that came in, and he was uh, passing through, and he needed some gas money. And he said that he was a minister, and that he was, uh, you know, he was passing through, and he just needed some gas money. And my my youth uh, pastor at that point, he was just saying, "Hey, we just don't, we we can't help you out. That's not we, something that we do." And and he started raising his voice. Well, my wife heard it. And so my wife came out of the office and tried to, you know, reason with this guy and just say, say this is just not, not something that we can do. And by the way, if we accommodated everybody, we would have no money to operate this church. I'm telling you, we get that many calls. And there's just people calling all the time wanting money. And, and typically, my wife, as politely as she can, she'll try to just direct them. And, and, and it's, if it's uh, food for, uh, needs for food or whatever, we support uh, some ministries in, in, like the Salvation Army. We do that purposely because we can't take care of all the needs. So we'll direct them that way and, and that type of thing. But anyway, all that aside, they'll usually hang up on my wife because they don't like hearing it. Well, this guy... My wife comes out, tries to reason with him, and he started raising his voice. And I heard it. Now, you raise your voice at my youth pastor, it's one thing. You raise your voice with my wife, you better watch it. I'm going I'm to come out, and I am a papa bear. Okay? I rounded that corner. I looked at him. First time I had seen him, I pointed my finger at him. I said, get your butt out of here now. I didn't talk to him. I didn't reason. Don't reason with the devil. I said, you, get, you are not going to talk to my wife like that. And he started to say something. I said, shut up and get out of here now. And he walked out the door. Enough said. It's done. You don't mess with family. I'm here to tell you that God feels the same when the devil's coming against you. We need to know that all heaven will back us if we'll stand our ground. When you wage war, you're not alone. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. You need to stand your ground. And God will back you up. Greater are those that are with us than the enemy. God has, he has legions of angels backing you and I. Amen? Amen. 
And you know, you might not think that's love, but I'm telling you, I love my wife. And this boy is not, I've never seen him again. When I see him in heaven, he's going to come to me and he's going to repent. All right? I, I'm, I'm sure you're saved. He just misinformed. One last thought. One last thought. Taking your position. You need to take your position as a family, as a part of the family. You are in the family of God. Number, number four, we're the church, the body of Christ. So many people need a revelation of this. I was sharing with our, our, our worship pastors, Pastor Bobby and Vicki, yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. I believe it was them. <laughs> that there's an antichrist spirit in this world. I, I was, right? It was y'all. There's an antichrist spirit in this world that has influenced even Christians to be anti-church. You may say that again. There's an anti-Christ spirit in this world that has even influenced even people, even God's people, to be anti-church. I believe it's just a, uh, listening to the wrong spirits, listening to not the Holy Spirit, but listening to demonic spirits, and and people buying into that whole thought that that church isn't important, that church isn't needed, that church is optional. Let me tell you something. You better know who you are in the church as part of the body of Christ. You are the body. And let me tell you something. Scripture says that he is the head and we're the body. Let me read this to you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, and he is the head of the body and the church who is, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things we may have uh, preeminence, which means first place in all things, for, he, it, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell Notice this, in Christ, all the fullness should dwell. He's the head, we're the body. He's filled us with his spirit. He's given us power, he's given us ability, he's given us authority here on this earth because we're his body. Notice here in verse 20, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. He's the head, we're the body, and therefore we have the power to pursue, overtake, and recover all in our life. Amen. It's awesome. Awesome. Let me give you one more scripture and then I'll close. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. It says, and this is a prayer that Paul was praying for the church. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints, get this, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power when he raised, uh, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, of, right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, 
to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Man, he is the head. We are the body here on this earth. Therefore, we've got power, we've got authority, we've got ability. And I could share many more stories, but I'm here to tell you, take your position. You have it. It's there for you to take. You take it. You pursue. You you. Uh, uh, overtake and you recover all that is yours in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you.